Welcome back to another episode of the Bangin' and Clangin' Sports Podcast. That is right. Welcome back. As always, we're your great shows, Crossbones and Blake Beretta here. But if, if our arms are combined, they're still not bigger than Lex Luger. Man, that Lex Luger documentary was amazing. Dude, that was the best one I've seen. That, I've been, that was the documentary I was waiting for was this one. So that was the one that was the best uh, documentary they did on on a part like that was probably like the best one they ever seen on Lex. Yeah. Um let's let's talk about that first since uh, since we're here on that. Uh Lex Luger, one of the biggest wrestlers in the history of the wrestling business. Um it documented his life uh from the beginning, uh starting off in professional football, college football. Uh, going through all the way through his career up until the uh, up until now, up until the present day. That's right. And this documentary did a whole back too. And Lex is fine to talk about like his downs and ups and stuff, like his beginnings, like you said, in football, where you know he, he did he like you know dropped out of school, then was eligible to go to NFL, went to the Green Bay Packers, and you know he wasn't much into it. Like I don't think that his heart was really into the into the team. They went to the U- U UFLC, am I, am I saying that right? USFL. You, yeah, that one. Dude. Like he went there, still wasn't happy. Then he, then later on, he was like, "Man, what am I gonna do?" Then eventually, he was approached by pro wrestling. Like you, did you when you watch the segments of his football training and stuff? What do you think about that? Uh, he was uh, he was an offensive lineman, which uh, which are, are the biggest biggest dudes um, in the game. Uh, he, he would have been good. I, I think that, I mean, he's physically, physically, Lex is one of the most imposing people that I have ever met. Um, I, of course, I mean, I met him later on in life. Um, no, I didn't get to see him in his twenties and his teens, but yeah, looking back, that's the first time I've ever seen young Lex. Lex is a, Lex is a pro athlete Lex. I'd never seen him like that. Yeah. He's a stud. He was a beast. Oh, he's strong, powerful, big. I, I just saw, like, you could kind of see his heart wasn't in football, kind of. Did you yeah. kind of see that? Yeah, with uh, with somebody, it's it's one of these things where people who are that naturally gifted, talented, um, a lot of times when they have to put forth effort, they don't – it's hard for them to, to raise their ability to that next level because they're already such great athletes. They don't feel that they have to – practice as hard and to to drill as hard because they're just they're just naturally great usually at what they do and and being that a lot of guys who are in high school and college you can be great but when you get to the NFL everybody's great so you have to work harder and I think that that one of the coaches said stop half-assing it Larry which is uh which is one of the things that yeah a lot of times people don't like to practice but but you have to um at at that level and he did not like being pushed like that. Yeah, I feel like that was an ego thing. Like a lot of people that knew that knew Lex and the dog when you saw to saw it too, he had a big ego about himself. So like, you're not gonna tell me what to do. I'll look at the way I look. I'm amazing, I'm strong. I don't need to work as hard as these guys. Like he's but like you said, NFL, like you can see the coaches want everybody on top of the game. I mean, you gotta work hard too. And like Lex didn't like it at all. He didn't like it pushes like who he's like pretty much like who do you think you are pushing me? You got that kind of attitude. Lex Luger is the Bobby Lashley of his time. Oh yeah, the Bobby Lashley of his time. That was him. He looks like a combo character. If you could, if you want to see He Man, uh, 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 that that was Lex Luger. Lex Luger looks like He Man. One of the things, if I if I was ever to run into Lex again, uh, the, the gym that they were showing—that's the LA Fitness in Kennesaw. Um, yes. Uh, that's the one right by, uh, right off of, not off of Bear, off the one off of Wade Green. Yeah, that's uh, I the, guess that. I guess that's, that's not where the one. Carmax, is it? No, uh, no, no, no. It's uh, it's the one one exit up from that. Okay, I know that one. It is a restaurant called Cafe Istanbul, I think, down there. Yeah. Yeah, so okay, I know where, that one. That's where Lex and and, and I ran <laughs> I ran into Lex uh, when he was living in that extended stay. Uh, when he when he was in the uh, in the documentary, they were talking about how he was living in a, in a in a hotel, and that's where he was living. He was living in the extended stay, right off Barrett Parkway. Um, when I ran into him in the early 
Uh, that would have been like 2005, 2006, right around that that time. But yeah, he has had uh, lots of lots and ups and downs, man. Um, in, in another, I, I joined his gym. Lex has my money. He, he I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 was, I was a I was a member of Main Event Fitness for years, years. Everybody I, I used to come back from Georgia. I used to buy my little three month my little three month pass to uh to main event and um i got to see him i got to see miss elizabeth uh i met stevie ray uh one jericho worked out there saturn all these wrestlers uh who were in wcw at the time were up there and and lex was in there lifting every single day as a that's right he was a he was a monster. He I mean it wasn't like he was doing like overly I mean I don't I don't know how old he was in, in 2000, 2001. I have no idea. But it was the first time I'd ever seen somebody put three fifteen on a shoulder press and rep it before. I never I had never, never, never seen anything like that. And I'm coming from a place where I'm dealing with, with football people who were who are gonna go on to the National Football League and they're not doing what Lex is what Lex is able to do. So it kind of gives me uh, a perspective of how strong this dude really was. That is true. You're like the only person who worked the main event, like uh, the, uh, Gene from Mar- Mary and the Bible, the owner of Mary and the Bible, and, and Curtis. The, uh, Curtis worked out at, 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 at uh, main event, and Gene was the manager for Lex Luger, uh, you know, helped take care of the gym, make sure everything is done right. And it's so funny, there's a black and white picture in my gym in Mary and the Bible where uh, the owner curses about a squad like I think it was 900 pounds, and Lex is one of the spotters on the side. And like, like, you guys are like the only people that I know, like from the main event area. So, you know, you want to give us a little insight how the gym was like? Lex had he had two. There's one, uh, there's one in Marietta, um, mm-hmm. right off of Powers Ferry, and then there's another one off of uh, North North Druid. Uh, the North the North Druid one was the the big time one. That was the first one with uh with him and Sting, um and then it, that that gym did so well that they opened up one in uh in Marietta and that's Which the one, one that I at the strippers. Oh, that's the one in Marietta. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the one in Mar- Yeah, that, that's the one where uh, Stacy Keebler uh, when she was uh, when she just got into to wrestling. This is right after she left the. Uh, <laughs> left uh left cheering for the baltimore ravens she came in and everybody thought she was a uh exotic dancer but she was uh she <laughs> nobody believed her when they said oh, i was like going to be a wrestler there like, okay you're a stripper but, uh, <laughs> oh but man it, around those days it was just uh it, it it was just unbelievable uh it was an unbelievable environment um <laughs> from that standpoint where you could where I was sitting there watching, uh, watching raw, I mean, watching nitro, uh, on Monday, you know, and then all the wrestlers would be in the gym Tuesday. So you get to see them the day after the matches. And of course I'm like 16, 17 years old, you know, walking around trying to, there's no cell phones. There's no, none of that. So I'm just trying Good to, time. trying to just walk around and just be next to these, these people. Uh, who who are larger larger than life? I I hope somewhere that I still have a main event shirt somewhere. I, I used to, <laughs> there is twenty bucks twenty bucks to a to a sixteen seventeen year old is a ton of money. So I would draw I would work uh, wherever I was working uh, part time at at that time to save up to buy buy Lex's overpriced main event shirts, but it had the logo. Um, I had a had a stringer tank top and I had a regular shirt that I would wear almost I would wear these shirts out because I was just so so cool because he would wear it on he would wear the shirts on on Nitro and uh, Thunder all the time so I was a big big fan of that. It's so funny those prices like typical for nowadays, Jim. That's pretty cheap for nowadays. <laughs> Twenty yeah. bucks for a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a it was an unbelievable gym made by somebody who who specialized in in fitness. And took really good care of their body. Now, uh, Lex, I, I did not know that he just on a whim decided to get into professional wrestling. 
Yeah, he didn't. He didn't know anything about wrestling. If somebody approached like, you, like he went to a show and he's like, "Are you a wrestler?" And he's like, "No, I'm a football player." Why do you keep telling him I'm a wrestler? And then eventually, you know, people say, "Why don't you be a?" And he found his, he found his foot in the door where he got into the ring and he got his first match. And he said, "Like, I had no clue how to wrestle. This is my first live wrestling event ever. Not even as a fan. I this is my first time ever being in the wrestling event." And like they said. He said, I, you know, he admits it too. I sucked. That's what Jack Lucas said. He just had the physique and he just, you know, did like a, any big man that do a couple slams and pose, 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 pose. But that didn't last for long. <laughs> yeah. He knew how to, I mean, they, uh, Jim Crockett is uh, the original guy, the NWA um, championship wrestling. He, he's the guy who found, uh, who like signed with. Um, Lex Harris, he played for two. I didn't know that he. I, I didn't know that he actually was in the USFL. So he played for the Tampa Bay Bandits and the the Memphis Showboats, and he got his his second big break in Memphis at the Jerry King Lawler territory. That is true. I just thought he was a full on Green Bay Packers guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, it, it goes back. So, so this is like 1984 uh, when 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 Lex is doing this. So Lex had Lex had been in the game for. Uh, for a while, um, when when I knew Lex, when I, when I when I started watching uh, wrestling, he was a horseman. That that's that's how that's how I was introduced to Lex Luger as being a horseman. Did you see? Uh, Do you see Paul Bear next to him? I did. It was so so cool watching those transformations. Like like back then, like Lex was going nowhere, but the four horsemen did. Like Flair said, like. This guy could be something. Let's put him with us and help him get some notoriety. Like you did. You recognized him on the Four Horsemen. Yeah, yeah that, that's where that's how I was introduced to Lex. And then also, you know, the Superman movies, the originals um, were huge back then. And Lex Luger sounds like Lex Luthor. So, that's you know, automatically he has that that name, that name recognition. It's, a lot of it is so much of wrestling is the name. And that that was a very – when you think – when you say Lex Luthor, Lex Luger – People know everybody knows Lex Luger. Everyone, everyone. Oh, even if, even if you kind of know wrestling, you know that name. Exactly. Like he said, he got the name from Superman Luther, like the villain from Superman. He said, like, what's your first name? Lex. He's like, okay, Lex Luger, and that's how the name came about. It's so unique and different. So it's good to have a unique name that stands out with everybody. So watching Lex come up and, and do. Um, just just like trying to get his feet under him and do all these things. They give him the title off the bat and just have – and uh, I would like to go back and see that one-hour Iron Man match that he had with Flair. That was, it's probably on YouTube or even on WWE Network right now. That, 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 that was the match that was kind of like that, – that was to go to help Lex like throughout his career because Flair made him look like a million bucks. Yeah. Um, so as Lex progresses, he goes on, uh, has a, has a great, uh, WCW run, uh, going against, uh, going against R Rick was a dude. If you were going to go against somebody, it was Rick. And I was going to say, Lex had, Lex had everything. Le Lex is the prototypical guy. Like he, he was the, uh, antithesis of Hulk Hogan in WCW. Like WCW had Lex. WWE, WWF had Hogan, and they were they were so similar. It's like two different universes. It's like a Marvel and a DC, uh, mirror images of each other, and they kind of were pushed the same way. Hogan being a little bit better, and, and you know that they they do say this in the documentary, and it's always how I saw it that WWF was the big time. You know that that was like like the the main attraction, like super superstars. And that WCW was kind of like like the minor leagues of wrestling, even though I mean, it, being in the South, you know, it, we got more more WCW, but it wasn't on the same level. But you had uh, compelling stories, you had great stars, but they weren't the larger than life stars that the WWF had at the time. Yeah, exactly. Like you look at like Ted Turner, like he he's the one who told Vince McMahon over the phone, it's like I'm getting into the wrestling business. And this is an old documentary where he said this, and Vince said he's like when Turner called me, Turner said like I'm getting into the wrestling business, and he's like okay, good, yeah, have fun with that. And but he said no, Vince, I'm getting into the wrestling business. That means a whole different terminology. Turner got the money 
but he doesn't have the wrestling smarts. Like, compared to Vince, he doesn't have the wrestling smarts to run a successful wrestling company like Vince would. But they did have the edge. WCW had the edge for a little while, but Vince was able to create larger-than-life characters. Like, you know, they eventually, you know, flip back and forth in WCW, WWE, but they were originally WWE molds. Like, Vince knows how to create a suit back then for competition. He knows how to create superstars. Ted Turner really didn't know how to. So what ends up happening, too, is that a lot of the superstars leave. Like, Flair left. That was a good story uh, in the documentary of him taking the belt because he shows up on – I remember watching WWF. He turns up on, um, at whatever event wearing the world championship belt, and Vince, like, blurs it out <laughs> on the uh, on the show because he's trying to do, like – it was, like, one of the first invasion angles. He's like, you can't have that belt on my television show, but I guess Rick, Rick owned the belt technically. So he, he brought it with him. Um, and Lex also um, finishes his WCW career first run and joins WWF. That's right. He did join WWF at the end. And it's so funny. We mentioned the Rick story. Rick Flair did own the belt, but remember if they, there was a WCW was going to charge him, and Vince was like, ah, whatever. Send me the bill. I'll take care of it. <laughs> you know, Vince was so – Vince is that Vince didn't care. They weren't much of a threat that time until later on. But yeah, no. everybody was to going to WWE at time because what's they call grass was green on the other side. Everybody was thinking. Yeah, yeah, and it it was like uh, it, WrestleMania was the thing. I mean, it, it, WrestleMania was a global global phenomenon. Everybody do in WrestleMania. So I had tuned out of wrestling probably about about this time when uh, when Lex. When Lex uh, entered uh, WWF, this is where Hogan's gone. He's doing Thunder in Paradise, and uh, Vince needs another another Hogan. So, in his eyes, Lex Luger was that next person to come up. He's in the Hogan mold. You know, it's very similar. Best physique in professional wrestling, uh, I would just say maybe ever. Uh, you you get him up there, and you have him go against. Your 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 main your 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 built up super villain Yokozuna. That's right. When he he pretty much was like Captain America at that time, or running for office, like the Lex Express. It was it was him going up, like going around the stage trying to get to, it was the politics for the uh, title. And then they had the Yokozuna Slam Challenge, where Yokozuna versus the USA, where nobody could do it. And out comes the helicopter, Captain America himself. Lex Luger comes in there, slams him down. The crowd goes crazy, and it sounds like a political campaign, really. Like, if Lex wanted to run for president at that time, he probably would have ran and won. I'm just saying. Vince, Vince likes to go to the well. He, he went to the well. What did Hogan do? He slammed Andre the Giant. What is he going to have Lex do? He's going to have Lex slam Yokozuna. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like that's kind of like his uh, his brand stamp of approval on uh, on his superstar. Now, the way that that whole thing was handled – I, you know, I didn't watch Raw. It's kind of, like when I'm going back and I'm seeing the, the shots of, of Lex on Raw, I was like, I don't remember any of this because I wasn't, I wasn't watching it at the time. So Lex was having – I do remember him having that steel plate in his arm. That, that motorcycle accident part, I also had no idea that he was in a horrible, almost life-ending motorcycle accident. That, that part was crazy. No idea. Because he was supposed to be – he was in the best shape of his life because Vince was doing the BWBF, the World Bodybuilding Federation, because Vince was into bodybuilding a lot. So he was trying to make his own federation, go against Joe Weider, which, you know, Joe Weider is the king of bo- pretty much bodybuilding, where you don't want to go against him. But but Lex was ready to compete. But then out of nowhere, he got into a really bad motorcycle accident where he nearly lost his arm. I do not remember it's, – it's funny watching that. I do not remember watching Raw, but I do remember the WBF because I remember Vince had a line of supplements called IcoPro. And I, I was too young to, 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 to get any of this stuff. But I, I do remember – and I do remember the, the, the bodybuilding league. But it's different because it's, it's – not now, that was, a, that was a first of its kind. Um, it didn't work out, but it – it created a loophole in the contract where Lex could take a break from WCW and kind of ease his way into WWF through the bodybuilding show. 
That's right. That's a loophole in the contract. He didn't say he can't do it. So that was the way he could talk with Vince and negotiate a contract until WCW contract ended because and because WCW did he wasn't winning like you know he wasn't doing was he was peaking he was at his peak and he wants the next challenge and he was like hey contract's up I'm going WWE and well Vince was like hey got your contract ready and there he went off. So we get into the part where it is very hard to build superstars. It always has been. Lex, you know, seems like a home run that it should that it should be a, a slam dunk that he should be the next great um, wrestler. But he has this, this feud with Yokozuna. Uh, it, it we get to the finale of it at SummerSlam '92 mm-hmm. and or '90 SummerSlam '93, and he wins the match by via count out. You know, balloons come down. We celebrate. But as we all know, title cannot change hands on a countout or disqualification. That's right. So the, all that celebration is that, yeah, you beat him, but there was like no title win. So the crowd didn't get a crowd was like, OK, great. He won. But it was the celebration was like for him to win the title. So it's like there was no payoff at the end. And then, you know, next time around, what, WrestleMania or something, they had like another match and still no payoff. So you pretty much killed Lex Luger's babyface run ever. So. That, that just was the downfall of Lex afterward, where he was just thinking, like, where do I go from here? And WCW was on fire, and was he he went back to WCW, and Bischoff low-balled him on a freaking contract. What was it? A hundred, was it a hundred and twenty or a hundred and fifty thousand? hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, he was he low-balled the crap out of him, where I wouldn't even take that money. If I was making seven hundred and fifty thousand, <laughs> that yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, Vince was, I mean, that's a pretty good chunk of change for 1993, $750,000. So oh, yeah. He, yeah, so so Lex was doing doing pretty good, but he just wanted out. He wanted to come back home. He wanted to be with his uh, family and all his friends in WCW. He wanted to be with Sting. Uh, Sting was also the co-owner of, uh, of Main Event Fitness. He was, too. He was one of the co-owners of Main Event and one of Lex's best friends. Yeah. Where, so, you know... Oh, go ahead. Oh, he went to bat uh, with uh, with Eric Bischoff, who was running WCW at that point, to uh, to get Lex back in the door. That's right. At first, Bischoff, that's why he lowballed him, because he's like, I don't want Lex. He's so arrogant. I don't want him. But Lex is like, you know what? I'll prove myself, and I'll start from start over again. He proved that, like, you know, he left the ego at the door. He helped everybody out. Pleasure to be around. And Bischoff was like, you know what? Uh, this contract I gave you, you should, you know, I lowballed you, but you proved to yourself, so let's you know, renegotiate your contract now. I do remember I, – I checked back in uh, watching wrestling. I do remember that match, All of America. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. that. Actually, it, it's kind of – you know, every time WCW has a watershed moment, it's always Ric Flair versus Sting. And that was Ric Flair versus Sting was the main event, and Lex walks out there uh, during the match, and all eyes are on him. That's right. Lex is the big megastar. He still was, and now he, he gets to become, you know, the, the total package again, like where, where he wants to be. He was a heel. He's a, He loves being a heel where he went after Hogan and all everybody else, and the crowd was cheering him, but he cut a heel promo, but he was he was there where he wanted to be until so, the very end. So Lex and, and that whole – and that's when that's – when, um, I got I, – I joined main event like right about 2000. 99 to 1999 2000 so during that whole run of him being actually probably actually maybe a little bit earlier maybe 96 i think yeah i started driving 96 97 so right about that time that's when i started to uh be able to go to go to the gems um but yeah he had everything i remember going up there and he had the sweetest night he had a 911 Porsche Turbo Convertible. Never seen one in my life. Unbelievable car. Um, he was living. He was living his best life. Living his best life. Miss Elizabeth was working the desk um, at the time, and she she was doing double duty. She was working the desk and uh, and still appearing on Raw. That's what I'm going to say. Out of all the things that made it, what was the coolest part is talking to Miss Elizabeth, uh, somebody who I had the toy of at my house. 
walking into the gym and having her you didn't even have key cards back then you gave her like your 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 agreement number and she wrote it down and then you you went and worked out so that is uh that was also a very cool thing um that i that i do remember but yeah wolfpack debbie the, the red and black um yeah, that that was that was the thing, and that was Lexus. That 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 is how I that is how when I think of the NWO, that's how I envision Lex with the that's, red black. That's same with me too, because I caught WCW and Lex at in the buzz it maybe in the 1999 when I started watching wrestling. Probably that's the only way I probably heard about Lex, and I thought you know he was a freaking awesome superstar, and him, Miss Elizabeth, and. The NWO Wolf. I was like Team WWF back then because I was a Degeneration X junkie. But uh, it was like it was pretty fun during the war. You you had your you had to pick your gang. You had the NWO or Degeneration X, and I was Degeneration X because <laughs> they I was doing that stuff in school and I got silent lunch a lot of times because of them. So thank you, DX. <laughs> but yeah, Miss Elizabeth was one of a kind too. It, they even touched on that subject too. Did you saw that? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I was uh, I was coming back from. I had just finished Georgia, and I just moved. I had just moved back to back to Atlanta, and yeah, it just ca- it came over the the radio um, that morning that she had passed away, and uh, and that that Lex had been arrested for for uh, PEDs or controlled substance or whatever it was, and I just remember just being like, oh man, that, that's horrible horrible but no way shape or form did i think that 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 it would be the downfall of lex i mean of course you know look look at the dude dude no no human being could be like that for that long without the help of performance enhancing at that level at that level i always say that 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 lex like i said if you've ever if you saw lex back then it, he doesn't even look human because you, you, the proportions and how big he was and how strong he was, and it, it just didn't. It's just something that doesn't occur in nature. No, it's like if you're running the road that much, getting your body beat up, you still try to come in and lift heavy and recover the next day. Like he, like what he said, like Kevin Nash, like we go out and party and we get home at like I don't know. Uh, four in the morning, two in the morning, and Lex is that next morning, seven p.m. or eight in the morning, with two cups of coffee, ready to go to the gym. Say, get up, let's go work out, and have the power to recover. Yeah, that's like you can't get that way with our performance enhancers. But back then, everybody did it. Now it's like more, more illegal than ever. <laughs> Where you know it's looked more down upon. But back then, I will do bodybuilders. Everybody did it. But yeah, that Ms. Elizabeth thing really hit hard. I was, you know, when I was like, we heard about it. I was mad at Lex at first. I was like, how dare you, you know, introduce this, this is this nice person to this kind of atmosphere. But you know, like you could tell, like you know, Lex really did have, you know, really did love her. So you kind of feel bad that way because he's like, you know, that was like, you know, he he felt so depressed and he was he he felt like he lost his world and he he couldn't handle it anymore. But like. Yeah, yeah, I felt bad for him because like, he didn't want that to happen. He would like look at listening to him now. Like he didn't want all oh, none of this to happen to her because he wanted, you know, he, he that was his world. And those two met like freaking Lex was still married at the time. Like they had like a mini of they had like pretty much an affair at that time before they even actually got together. Get you know together together officially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's is it's the work environment. It's the environment that. Uh that traveling on the road creates. I mean, you're with these people all the time. So that's why I think in most cases wrestlers tend to just date other wrestlers just because they're, they're just, they're just around each other so much. Yeah. It's always hard. And especially hard when you get into what if something like in the business, you work with somebody you work with, it gets bad and break up and you see with somebody else, it gets weird sometimes, but if it works out, Hey, it worked out. But, but I, I mean, I did like the part how uh, at the end, Lexus, you know, he's kind of turned his life around. Uh, one of his, I, I guess it would be his nephews, played at Georgia uh, with me when I was there. And he, I mean, he, he didn't talk about Lex. I mean, he never, he did, didn't throw it around. It's like, oh, my uncle's, my uncle's Lex. Uh, but, but he was a huge, huge wrestling fan. Um, and he did say that, he, that you know, that Lex did 
um, you know, football was was something that he was passionate about. He passed it on to his nephew, so he got him. It, Lex partly is the reason why he got into Georgia and was able to to be on the team. Um, but Lex did also later on turn his life around. Um, found Sting. Sting was also instrumental in that, being very religious. Got him on the right track, and you know, he he seems he seems very happy and at peace with everything. So I'm very happy to have that, that happy ending. And, and I remember Lex as he was, you know, he was, a. I just remember it just popped in my head. I was just, I just remember being on the stair climber and then just kind of looking at over at Lex and him just like, kind of like staring at me. And I was like, it, it, it's kind of like one of these like surreal deals because it's, it's the first time that I had been in there with him. And he was like, who is this punk? Yeah. <laughs> staring at me. And I was like, "Oh my God, this Lex Luger!" But but it goes back to the story that that I mean, he he was a he was more of a heel persona. He, he didn't like to be. He didn't. He didn't. He wasn't personable. Think, yeah, it's not like he didn't like his fans. I'm sure that he did, but but he he had his own um, agenda about him that was a very very um, in, in the gym a very angry person. Yeah, he was an angry person. He not he's not a people person until which I, now. Which I understand now because I'm also an angry person. <laughs> not, yeah, to level, not to the level of Lex, but I do understand. Um, yeah, I get it too. To, to a degree, what yeah. he was uh, what he was going to. But good for Lex to get everything uh, to 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 be to be at peace with his career and everything. And, and I'm glad that he's happy. Is he in, is he in the WWE Hall of Fame? Not yet, but he put on Twitter. If I go to, he said, if he goes to the Hall of Fame, he's gonna he's gonna walk on stage. He said so, which I'm oh. hoping, I'm hoping this year he gets inducted. Yeah, um, yeah, and and hopefully, uh, uh, I, I hope he does get inducted. He's a he's a he's I I am very proud of what he's done to to for him to get back to the level that he is, and uh, after all that he's been through. Exactly. Like he turned himself around. He doesn't, you know, he had, he had a stroke on a wheelchair, but it didn't, didn't bother him. He's like, he feels fine now. He's comfortable mentoring young people. And it's so funny. He doesn't live that far from me. I just realized. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's in, he's somewhere in, somewhere in Kennesaw. Um, it's actually is, it is a, uh, it is funny. When I first moved back here from Colorado in 08, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't have uh, my cars were being shipped here. So I didn't have a uh, car. So I used to walk to a gym uh, in Marietta. And I had this one girl who is like, her Her name was Haley. And she was uh, like Lex's like caretaker, kind of. But Lex would always be in this gym. He, uh, Swinger was also <laughs> worked out of oh. this gym, I, ironically. <laughs> <I'm a swinger. laughs> it, it was it was 19 in... Oh, okay, and I don't want to see. It was it was a fitness nineteen in Marietta. <laughs> For some reason, it was it was all it was Lex Luger and Johnny Swinger up there at this gym, uh, working out. So that's the 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 chaplain who was in the story. He was also up there as well, and I I had no idea because I was just going in there to get my stuff. And I'm like, oh, this, this Lex. Um, but yeah, but no, good stuff, good happy endings, and uh, I eventually did get my cars cars back and I joined another gym and Lex has since moved on and is now working out at LA Fitness in Kennesaw. Exactly. And he all those two years in Marietta, Kennesaw, I was just 10 minutes away from him. <laughs> Didn't even know this stuff. So yeah. I was like, I should have came over to have some coffee with my neighbor. But yeah. just, he was sleeping by me. <laughs> all right. Let's get to WWE and the new uh the new regime of HHH taking the over. Best Whenever, right now, I want to give Triple H a Christmas card because he's gonna get one in the mail right now, and I'll give him a hug because, but he's not a hugger. But I'm gonna give him one anyway <laughs> if I ever see him so, again. <laughs> so SummerSlam is great. Um, you got you got those surprises that uh, that were unveiled. Um, first, first of all, with the women's division, getting three new competitors to go against Bianca Belair. That's right. It's like you saw the, the the matches were great too. You saw Bianca and 
Becky put a story together, which I knew Triple H had a hand in this too. It's all full circle from last SummerSlam. It was amazing. Then at the end, they turned Becky baby face where Vince was against this, but you had to do it because we have a new new heel in town. Heels up with an S. Bailey, Io Shirai, and the beautiful Dakota Kai is back. <laughs> all three of them are back, and they're coming after Bianca Belair. <laughs> yeah, Triple H is a big faction person. Mm-hmm. He, he he does uh he does a really good job of putting factions together. So that that's that's one of his signatures. So so yeah, that was great. That I did I think that's gonna be awesome moving forward. Plus it bolsters the women's division, get some more people in there, get some more uh some more matches going going on. Exactly. You got the, the three the three powerful heels right there, which is amazing. Those those are Triple H's uh, kids right there, all coming back. And it's so great to see Dakota Kai back. Back in her heel persona. It's so funny to see her heel because every time I met her, she was so nice. I was like, God, it's hard to look at her when she's heel. And because I realized she's super nice. <laughs> uh, you also had uh, Bobby Lashley versus Theory. Theory, we, we already knew what was going to happen. Bobby was going to pick up the win because Theory has money in the bank. That's like right. the easiest, simplest match. I feel like it's like, let's get these guys out the way so they could do something else. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was a quick match. It was good. Uh, went the way that we thought it would. Now, we also have Logan Paul and Miz that came well, up next. I'm actually surprised. Like I, don't, I still don't, I don't like Logan Paul, but I'll give the devil his due here. He did, he did well in this match. Yeah, his yeah. moves were moves were good. He did, you know, like this is a few nitpicking and like what Triple H talked about his pocket is about is not just the moves, but there's a way that Jordy will always tell me don't don't use a wasted movement, which Logan will learn over time. Okay, this the match was good. He did well in his match. I have to say. Well, I, I did say that. I mean, watching it, he made it look easy. He he. I mean, I I know how difficult it is. I don't think any other YouTuber. From, from that universe or that, that grouping of people can get in there and do what Logan was able to do. Um, it, it still just boggles my mind how how he did the table spot and didn't get hurt. That, it's that training. Is just, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, no. Like, like if you're worth what – if you do what Logan does, like outside of wrestling, Putting his life and his future on the line in that situation is nuts, nuts. It is crazy. Like he would, like I knew they practice this guy. He has the perfect dance part. Miz could make anybody look good. Work with a broomstick if he can. But Logan, like I feel like if he didn't have training or anything, he probably won't be able to pull it off. But he had time that they trained him to get him ready for this match. But doing this spot, like you know, he was willing to take the risk, which you know. It's, you know, commend him, and it's kind of stupid at the same time where you're not ready for that. So he probably he had some bruising after the match, but he had Miz there to help guide him, so he was able to pull that move off. But I bet you he's feeling it the next day. Yeah, I was going to say that Triple H went on his podcast um, this past week, and I, I listened to it, it and he does have some uh, – another thing, I don't think Vince would have ever gone on Logan, Paul cast, Logan Paul's podcast. I don't think that would ever happen. No. Uh, but tri- but Triple H is a little bit closer, a little bit new generation. You know, understands the social media side of um, of promoting this. So I, I think that is a that that's a good thing to have. So having having that is is actually pretty cool. And they they went into some stuff about yeah, like you said, you know, it's not the moves, it's how you do it, and it's the it's the anticipation, it's the selling, it's all that that stuff that. Yeah, he's gonna learn learn down the line. Yeah, because imagine like like Logan Paul like still learning. Yeah, because it's not just the moves. The moves are important. Like Triple H is right, but moves are important because there's gotta be psychology in the match and why you do a move. Like I was given an example, like Goldberg did. Goldberg did spear jackhammer, but when he did it, it meant something. And you guys need to use it once because it was so impactful. It meant something. Like Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music, use it once and meant something. You gotta have meaning behind the movement otherwise it's going to look like you know not not you know like you look at some of these other people in independence they just do the same finishing move ten thousand times and it loses luster where a move has to mean something it always has to have meaning behind it uh then we have the Liv morgan versus ronda rousey 
I liked the match. I I just knew they were going to find a way for Liv to win, but I didn't like the finish because you now made Liv Morgan a heel now. <laughs> well, Ronda's supposed to be the heel. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. a little messy subject right there. Yeah. It's... They... It, I, 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 I fully, I fully believe they're going to figure it out. Um, but, but yeah, it's just kind of, it's just kind of weird thing. I guess you wanted to kind of leave the ending a little bit ambiguous, where you know, Ron, either person could have won, but you know, it's just the, from the referee's point of view, it looked like Liv won, but from the fans' point of view, it looks like Ronda won. So. I did, and on SmackDown they were they were chanting "You tapped out," uh, which is which is what you do to to a bad guy, to a heel. You, know, the, you kind of taunt them like that. So I don't know how to get out of this. I, I have no idea. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be hard. Like get, like Liv got to do some kissing babies and shaking hands now, like to get her good, you know, her baby face status back, or have her get beat up by Sasha Banks. That too, because Sasha and Naomi is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> How we get beat up by Sasha Banks? All right, and uh, okay, so now we go on to the main event: um, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Oh, uh, the Usos! <laughs> yeah, that match. That match was good. I mean, it wasn't as good as the, the one previous to it, but it was still it was good. It was good. It was good. Yeah, like hopefully it's the end of their story where now it's time to get some new challengers out. Yeah. Yeah, who, but who who's the new challengers? Who do we have? Who are the new team? We got Dominic and Ray as a tag team, and we who are the other tag teams? Um, AJ and Dolph maybe down the line because the way the way they team last last time was really good. And even though I like Bobby and Dolph because they kind of have that Triple H and Sean vibe to them, but right. I know what other tag teams out there like they need some fresh like the New Days. Everybody's hurt. Yeah. <laughs> the Viking Raiders, you yeah. you got them. You uh, you, I was gonna say, you know how how uh, how you know Triple H is in charge because he he's giving uh, Xavier Woods some time off, like uh, like almost a whole month to do Dragon Con this year. So that's, oh, I think okay. that's. <laughs> oh, that'd that's, be good. Hey, uh, God bless, God bless Triple H. <laughs> hey, Tri- you're in NXT's black and gold. Triple H will take care of you. <laughs> God bless. Kids. All right, we gotta we gotta go over. We'll go over Xavier Woods' crazy schedule another time. But back on to the to the tag teams of uh, that are coming coming down. The, I, I was gonna say probably either pull some people from NXT or figure out uh, another another grouping because there there aren't any. There there's really just aren't any uh, on the level of the Usos that you would even think would be able to take those belts from them. Yeah, but right now Triple H is going to re- redo the tag team division where he said there's more surprises on the way where some there's some superstars coming back. So yeah. we're going to see who who's going to come back. Maybe which tag team's coming back to face them. What do you think of uh, so so going to the title match? Uh, I we had spoke previously about there being no way that Brock Lesnar was going to be able to be knocked out for ten seconds. I oh, thought yeah. there was no no way. But creatively, they found a way to do it. Exactly. I shocked. shocked. I was shocked as well. It's like, freaking dude, they do the entrance. They see Brock Lesnar come with a tractor, which is like, okay, that's something different. Because I expect this match to be chaos, which they gave us chaos. He, he, he stand and stopped the tractor, did this weird thing through a microphone. Uh, Roman Souls, he got hands where he could catch a microphone like that, even, for, even though he was a, what, a DN. <laughs> uh, defensive tackle. A defensive tackle, but he got hands. He could catch. He missed his time. He could. He could have been a guy throwing the ball here. <laughs> he probably, he, he might have played a little bit of tight end. I would. I would imagine most defensive, most interior defensive linemen outside defensive ends. Sometimes they play a little bit of tight end too. Oh, okay. Well, they, she showed he had some hands. He threw the mic up. Boom! Wink up, Brock. And then, the, and then the fight's on its way. Where I automatically thought it's like, okay, I, Roman's going to win because he's going to put the tractor on top of Brock. The little. The thing that goes up and down, put him on top of Brock, and Brock can't move, and Roman wins. That was my theory when I saw that. But otherwise, we just got some freaking full metal chaos mango steel going on where the freaking Brock flipped the ring over with the tractor. I was like, oh my God, he's going to flip the ring over and try to kill Roman. <laughs> then we see Paul Heyman go through a table, the Usos get involved. 
Then, our, then the prediction we were about to think was going to happen was Awesome Theory. The music hits. Everybody's knocked out. We thought Theory was going to cash it in right there. But just like my suspicions, they would, Brock put a stop to that right away. Where they put, find a way, a loophole to take out Brock where just incapacitate the guy, just pile up a bunch of stuff on him so he cannot move for the 10 count. Which was entertaining and fun. Did uh, did Theory cash it in or no? No, he didn't. He he didn't cash it in. The bell didn't ring. No bell rang. No freaking announcement. Once the referee took the briefcase, he got F five right onto the floor. So no, onto the briefcase. So he didn't cash it in. No cash in. Okay. I I don't know how I don't know uh, how Triple H feels about Theory. I I it's it's very hard to tell. Um, how like he, he likes them, maybe I feel like he get, I feel like he likes them. I feel like yeah, he just for theory because theory to me is all about timing. Because right now Vince want to shoot him up too early. Where right now you look at him, he looks like a weak champion and looks like a weak money in the bank hole because the way they build him. Because he was losing every match, cowering and stuff like that. Where he got to be more like a Seth Rollins, not just be like a you know like a like a scare champion, but be like someone smarter. How could I think these guys stuff like that? Like Triple H, I think Triple H is going to start over the build and build theory the right way, I think. All right. Uh, so we have Roman Reigns retains 700 days as your, as your champion of WWE, Universal, and World Heavyweight. Uh, his next challenge comes from Drew McIntyre, who on SmackDown was attacked by, by, uh, by Karrion Cross. How long did it take you? How long did it take you to realize that that was Karrion Cross? Like two seconds into when the music and that crow was in the screen, I was like, "Oh damn, they hired Karrion back." <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't tell who it was. Like when I was watching, I was like, "Who? Who is this?" Because he, the last time he saw it, he was dressed like a like a gladiator. Yeah, like abomination. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was. He had that whole thing going on. So I, I couldn't rec- – I didn't recognize him. And it's like, oh, I would have liked him to say, oh, it's Karrion Cross, but I don't know if they, they, they knew either. Um, so, so – I knew it. Oh, no, I knew it because that's his NXT character that Triple H said, go ahead and do it, and he'd bring him back. That's the, that's the Karrion Cross I remember, like a freaking monster. That's what I remember. So yeah. that's how I knew it. And once I used it, I was like, oh, he's back. Yeah, so I, I do think that uh, that there are going to be some great additions with starting at SummerSlam and continuing on bringing bringing people back who haven't who hadn't signed anywhere else. Adam Cole is one of those people probably that should might have should have waited maybe a little bit because he would be he would be right there at the top if he was still in WWE right now. Mm-hmm. He was one of Triple H's top boys. Him and his group. Maybe when his contract expires, maybe he goes back. But a lot of AEW guys was like, Triple H is in charge. We could jump ship because Triple H would take care of us. Because Triple H oh. said he wants professional wrestling back, which is everybody's going nuts. I right? am so looking forward to Cody Rhodes coming back and dealing with Triple H. That is, that is my – that is what I am looking forward to the most. A feud with is, him? No, Well, because Cody did the stuff with the chair and the hammer – all the things um, in AEW that he did with Triple H. So I, they're not going to go toe-to-toe, of course, but oh, no. there will be that, that, that overwhelming shadow of Triple H trying to stop Cody from attaining his goal because Cody's whole thing in AEW was getting back at Triple H. That's, that's all he did. All he did was make Triple H references while he was in AEW. That's it. He didn't. He didn't attack Vince. He never said anything bad about Vince when he was in uh, when he was in um, AEW. All his beef was with Triple H. Yeah, because Cody was at a time where Triple H was still wrestling and still f- keeping his spot. Well, Triple H is ruthless when it's come to his business. Triple H is ruthless in keeping that spot. So I can see where a lot of people don't like him at that time. But that's how the wrestling business is in his, that in that. Platform, like I said, area. Triple H came from the old school where you fight for your spot. Where nowadays people don't really fight as hard as they should be. But Triple H was ruthless. Where I could see why Cody's mad at him. 
Yeah. I just want to see those two do a promo together where they, they're in the ring and Triple H looks at them and like, hey, didn't you break my chair? <laughs> Something yeah, like that. It, there's, some good, there's some good work that can come from, uh, from those two. Uh, who would you like to see back in, uh, in WC, oh. WWE? Oh, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Do they have the money to go get Bray? Because Bray is going to be very expensive. Oh, yeah, they got the money to afford Bray. Bray, Bray like he might be, you know, might be okay with coming back, and they're gonna get, they're gonna give him money because he sold the most merchandise when when he was there. Well, Vince made the mistake where of letting him go, but Triple H's Thanos snap was like, I'm gonna erase what Vince did, and I'm gonna fix it. So they're gonna get the money back <laughs> anyway from Bray. <laughs> what about you? Well, who do you want to see back? JTG from uh, Crime Time. Good old JTG. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, I'd love to see. I mean, there are a lot of people who I think work who worked for Triple H during uh, during the end of his career, like Chris Masters, maybe Morrison, JTG, mm-hmm. um, Kennedy. I think a lot of those guys who who maybe have uh, that, yeah that Vince that Vince uh, overlooked because of their age maybe um, would get another shot maybe under Triple H because Triple H would go to bat for him knowing. Their, what talent they have and you know i think triple h is is it watches i mean it's more of like it watches the indies a little bit more and that's where those guys have been and maybe giving them giving them another shot yeah well because triple h wants to see wrestling back so he is looking like like those trials and uh, like during SummerSlam, like they said it was a little bit of disaster because everybody got hurt so triple h is looking more towards wrestlers now who are more polished where he could bring in and have a show with them so Man, that's my, smart on his point. My nightmare, my nightmare factory people are hype right now for WWE. Okay. <laughs> my uh, the nightmare factory up in Norcross, it opens it up for them. Good for them. They're they're gonna those guys might get a now they got two opportunities, not just an AEW. Hopefully now with Cody and Triple H changing his whole uh, his whole philosophy, mm-hmm. whole philosophy. Maybe those nightmare factory dudes can get a shot. Oh, Deep South Wrestling, my crew of people. Where I or, started. Deep, or Deep South. Yeah. No, I think I, I think okay. that, that is, uh, is a very cool thing, um, especially with Cody Cody being there. And, and those guys, those guys work pretty hard, too. So I would like that's, to see them them get a shot as well. That's right. People are poking the prod at me. But like, Triple H is back. You don't think about getting another one, another trial with him? Because Triple H, they get, uh, during my my trial with them, Triple H actually liked what I did. He thought I did good work. So maybe, I doubt he remembers me. He probably won't even remember me. <laughs> I was like, they poke in the process, like, you know, Triple H is back. You want to go ahead and <laughs> – I think everybody who was a wrestler, everybody's just, like, excited to have Triple H back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. All right, let's get to some questions. Okay, well, yeah, this is my first one about who's coming back. But um, let's see. Is, uh, so, you know, you watch, did you watch WWE Rivals already when it was going on just now? Oh, the Monday Night Wars, I recorded it. I'm recording it. Okay, well, let's uh, – you, you we were around with Monday Night Wars thing. What is one big thing that you remember Monday Night – the Monday Night Wars and were you on Team WWE or WCW? And what would you think was the big turning factor in it? Uh, I was WCW – more than WWE, um, probably the biggest the biggest change was Hogan when he when he turned when he turned into a bad guy for the first time uh, and turned on Macho. That was that was pretty that was pretty much it. That was that was like oh my god. I mean the NWO was the was the biggest thing in wrestling. Now their their downfall was putting everybody into, into the into the NWO. I mean they had they had everybody who had ever wrestled in WWE who came over was was NWO. Um probably the 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 whole thing though kind of just got stale over over time. Goldberg was also another big part of that who was huge he got a big. I mean, the whole thing was him chasing the belt. The streak was was awesome. So yeah, it was much more. I was much more WCW than I was WWE uh, during the Monday Night Wars. So you were a team NWO. Yeah, I was. I was a hundred. I was a hundred percent with the guy. I mean, but for, for everybody who's my age, who at that point 
So you had Hogan, you had Macho, you had Piper, you had all these dudes from the golden era on WCW television. So that's where my loyalty was. It was to them. Uh, okay. I was the opposite. I was team WWF at the time. I was D Generation X, as I said earlier. But yeah, I grew up on like I f- first wrestling show I watched was WWF and I became a WWF loyalist at the time. But I did flip back and forth to see, you know, the wars, seeing Lex and Goldberg. That's, I was a when I flipped back and forth at WCW, I was a huge Goldberg fan because I thought this guy was amazing as a kid. And then I see the turning point going down where well, Ted Turner was just throwing money at people, bringing ex-WWE guys in and saying, like, you know, this guy can't work, but we're going to still feed him money because we have him on the contract. And just I was seeing all the money being spent and no money coming in. And I see the people getting tired with the same old stuff. And I see WWE picking up steam. And I was like, well, WWE is going to take the rails. And so they did. Vince bought out WCW. <laughs> yeah, they were hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging cash at the end. Um, so... But yeah, I mean, it it, it is uh, cyclical. Um, mm-hmm. WCW had a had a big leg up at the beginning, but they just could not sustain it. And WWE had had kind of like this 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 just we know what we're doing. We just needed time to figure it out. And once they got the the Rock and they got Stone Cold. DX, Undertaker, all those guys on board, and they got a they got a compelling project, uh, a compelling pro- uh, product to to market. It was it was over. There's nothing that that WCW could do because they couldn't be as edgy as Vince was being at that time. That's right. And edgy is to be next Sunday. We got the documentary of Degeneration X, one of the flagship people in the edginess. <laughs> oh, that's going to be – yeah, that's going to be fantastic also. Yeah. Did I tell you the story I wrestled X-Pac one night? <laughs> oh, no. No, I did not hear that. I did. I wrestled uh, X-Pac in one of the, uh, I think, Wrestle America shows where – I'm not going to tell you what X-Pac did before the show, but it was, it was an interesting night where he was a little tired that night where it was just more of a run-in than a match. <laughs> Let's say. But a great guy. I love, I love X-Pac. And – Freaking Drew McIntyre before I started ran to him to the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maggie went to that autograph signing actually. Uh, yeah. Maggie took her son, uh, the the Cricket Wireless in Smyrna. Yeah, I didn't even know he was there until the store. Like, there's like a Spanish store right there where you know sometimes I'll get some ch- like some chicken or something because they got some of decent stuff down there. And I saw like a cricket. And I saw Drew's face on there. I was like, uh. Is Drew here? And I saw fans start to pile out. I was like, oh, they're about to close. So I just walked in there and they were closing when I was getting there. And I was so Drew that I was like, I just walked up in there. And it's like, hey, man, we're closed. And I was like, oh, just be a second. I just went over and say, hey, Drew, how you doing? Like, and in this thick Scottish accent, nicest guy could be. It's like, hey, man, how's it going? Good to see you. I was like, hey, man, no problem. I was like, hey, good luck on summer. I was like, I appreciate it. It's like, sorry, I have to, you know, I have to get to the arena. I was like, oh, no problem. Why don't we get a selfie together or something? Like, yeah, sure, no problem. They weren't allowing pictures because he had to leave, but Drew was like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. Yeah, come on. And Drew noticed I worked out, which is amazing. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was the most great thing there when Drew noticed I lift weights. Yeah, yeah, that's, that is good. That is, that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, speaking of lifting weights, I got a fitness question for you. All right. Two-a-day workouts, what's the best way to attack these workouts? Not to do them at all. What? Uh, yeah, don't do two-a-days. What's wrong with two-a-days? Uh, it's not – not. <laughs> it, what I've learned now is that if you just – if you hit it hard the first time, you don't need to go back and do it a second time. You know. Well, what about for sports, though? Uh, they, don't do, they don't do two-a-days anymore in the NFL. Because it's science. Ah. So what, no, even the conditioning training, weight training separate, still don't do two-a-days? No. It's no-go. Oh, man. I've been, I've been in trouble then. <laughs> I, we were in the morning we, with our stunt training. We do our fight training in the morning. Then I go at night and lift. <laughs> no, no, but that's two, diff- that's two different things. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, okay, so I'm, I'm okay. I'm in a good way too. Yeah, 
I was like, if you lifted twice, that would be like oh, completely I'm doing that. Yeah, completely counterproductive. I'm not on PEDs. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> but I did find the natural PED, which a lot of people don't realize they're doing. You know what that is? Terkesterone. <laughs> okay, that's not natural. <laughs> I'm talking about the most natural thing in the world. Do you know what this is? You, what you is? Don't... What is? What is it? Okay, eight hours of sleep. Yeah, that that is that's a given. That's a given. Um, of course. All right, next question. All right, next question. Um, let's see here. Um. All right, the be- what I saw this thing online to say like the, the best foods to burn body fat. What do you think of this? Best foods? Yeah, I just saw this thing online. Somebody said the best foods of um burning body fat. Is there so- uh, even a such thing as this? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> foods don't burn body fat. Yeah, exactly. That's how I saw this thing online. I was like saying like. Why is this is a question? I used to look at stuff, fitness people online asking random questions like, "What food burns body fats?" Yeah. Now no I'm saying, burn, no, no foods burn body fat. Doesn't work. Yeah, like I would say like, if you're doing a crappy diet and doing poor eating habits, where you eat down cheeseburgers and fries and milkshakes, then yeah, that's gonna just that's that's like you know that's bad. Might want to stop that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Find another source of protein or another source of uh, energy. That's right. And now, best physique in, in recent wrestling history. We're recent of this net, this generation right now. See, so if you had the Lex Lugers. Tiffany, Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> Tiffany Stratton from, uh, <laughs> from, from uh, NXT. Good girl. I think, dude, Crossman wants a date with her. <laughs> no, she is. No, she's legit. I respect, I respect that, how she looks and how she's. How she's put together. Now, a lot of hers is genetic. I mean, she's like 5'11 and just solid. So she, it's, it's not like, it, it's not like I, I think that she can train, but it's good that she, she does. But I, I think a lot of her physique probably comes from doing gymnastics. She has like kind of like the gymnastics build uh, where she's able to, like, tapered waist, really strong legs. She's got big calves and she's V tapered. So, so I, that's what it, when I, when I look at physique, she is God given that, but she's doing the best that she can to, to maximize what she has. Ah, okay. I, I think Crushman still has a crush on her, but <laughs> I, I respect, I respect, I respect uh, how she is. That That's, that's all I can say. When I look at her, I'm like, yeah, she's, she's really well put together for, uh, for somebody who, who got into wrestling I, she's put together well enough where she could do uh, figure or uh, wellness shows or, or any of that. She could go do that if she if she chose to. Mm. I think mine will always be Bobby Lashley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just Bobby's, a genetic freak of nature. Bobby's Bobby's one of a kind. One of a kind. He is a genetic freak of nature. I was like, I was like, why is this guy? Using? I feel like every day I see the guy. The guy doesn't take a rest day. He just works out every single day. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a monster, but yeah. And that's why, and I think that he'll probably get another, uh, I don't know how he's going to lose the U S belt probably soon, but he'll be, he'll be a world champion again. And rightfully so. Exactly. He's right now. He's going to try to bring in a different people for, you know, but Roman right now, which is going to be pretty cool. So Bobby's going to elevate the United States title is going to be pretty cool. I see the next challenge for him. Yeah. Which I will take place. I will, since Triple H is back, I'm challenging Bobby. And Crossbones will be in my corner. And Crossbones is going to do all the work, and I get the pin. That match, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. you. How many How many seconds would you last with Bobby Lashley? Depends. How long, can, it depends if I run around a lot and try to stay away from him. If I stay away from him for a little while, maybe I could last for a minute. <laughs> I take, I've been taking, I'm taking the under on that. You're taking the under on that. I won't last a minute. <laughs> I'm taking the under. I'm taking See, My strategy is I go back to I become friends with the guy. I'm like, hey man, I could get you into one of my gyms here. Hey, you want me to buy you dinner? Hey, this would be great after the workout and after after the match, we become buddies. Then he's gonna feel a soft spot for me where he's gonna be like, hey man, I can I can really go after this guy. We're just gonna play around in the ring. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it easy on him. See, that's my I'm, strategy. I'm still taking I'm still taking the under. All right, this has been a great episode of the Banging and Clanging podcast. Uh 
keep liking and subscribing and uh, listening to us on Spotify and Anchor and Apple Podcast. Uh, keep there's a new Banthammer. Check that out. www.banthammer.com. Also check out GMU Nutrition as we are in month three of three of summer. You still got time. Keep getting those workouts in. Beretta, go ahead, take them home. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning to the Banging Cutting Sports Podcast. Check it out at Apple, Spotify, and all those podcast providers. Check out the YouTube page, Clang and Bang, Voices of Faces. New episodes soon before summer's up. It's still summer. I know school's back in session. People think kids nowadays are like, oh, no, summer's over. Nah, nah, technically not. You're back in school. Get that education. Summer's still going. People can still work out. Gyms are clear, though, a little bit because kids are back in school. College kids are out of the country, uh, out of the state. I don't know. But uh, gyms are cleared up. Keep listening to us. Tell the world about us. Keep watching wrestling. Leave us a comment on our our Instagram page, Bang Clanging, where we we would like to hear some questions from you guys as well. Also, you can leave it on the YouTube page as well. And as always, Crossbones here, whose arms could probably match Lex Luger maybe. Man, I I would like to go back and – as myself now and, and see where I would be versus Lex of 2001. Still not close. He probably still outweighs me by at least 80 pounds, but I, I think I could roll with him on arms. Okay. You got the arm day with him. You could take roll. You probably were stronger than him on arms than, now that he was back then. I don't see 95 pound dumbbells. I don't, I don't, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to train. He, he used to wear, like he would never wear tanks. He would always cover up. So it's very hard to tell. Ah, uh, okay. So we're going to see, can we say allegedly? Allegedly. There we go. Allegedly. That's the catchphrase right there. And I'm Blake Brenner. I will probably last maybe at least a minute against Bobby Lashley, unlike what Crossbone says. Allegedly. Take the under. Take the under. Allegedly. Bobby would like me. Bobby, me and Bobby will become best friends, and he, I will last more than a minute. Allegedly. <laughs> and we are banging. And clanging sports. And we'll catch you on the next exciting episode of Ben Clang Sports Podcast. It's late and good night.